This episode of the Esoteric Order of Roleplayers is brought to you by the generosity of our backers on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash esotericrp to find out how you can become a backer too. We create and broadcast these episodes live on native lands. We acknowledge these are unceded lands, with diverse communities maintaining connections to these places, and recognize their ancestors, their elders, both past and present, and future generations. Learn more by visiting the Native American Rights Fund website at narf.org. Esoteric Order of Roleplayers, in cooperation with the Dead Gamers Society, present Diary of a Madman, a Hunter the Vigil Chronicle, with David Larkins as the storyteller. So we are back and last time we wrapped up the first story arc of the Chronicle. This, this was sort of intended as like your investigative uh, groundwork, right? You know, coming together, coalescing as a cell, as it were. So in this story, we're going to explore the ramifications of all of that and um I don't know. See how many um, how many things you guys can blow up, basically. Um, <laughs> see, see how many um, gratuitous car explosions we can work in. You know, Ooh. is Schwarzenegger in charge of this now? <laughs> We've switched directors for the sequel. Excellent. Now Michael Bay production. Okay, and uh, we are short. Ned tonight, sadly, but um, we will we will work around that and um, and yeah, we'll just um, we'll just see what what the night has in whole or has in store for us. Um, so we left off on a nice little button. You guys were were at the e bar, and um, <laughs> the resolution uh, was let's call Beth 
right now. Like, get to a payphone and call that number. So I figure we're just going to pick up where we left off. Sounds Works great. For me. Mm-hmm. So who's making the call? Um, I think it was probably my character. I was actually going to say it was probably my character. Oh, so we're so we're fighting over the phone. Yeah, it's probably. <laughs> I think we both equally want to impress Beth. Ah, yes. makes sense. Okay, could we have like a, a cool like kids or a teenage movie thing where in the end we we compromise by both kind of putting the phone up to our ears like at the same time? Love I that. absolutely love that. All right, so uh, the quarter gets dropped and um the number is dialed and uh you know it rings about uh four times before the line gets picked up and you hear a familiar voice on the other end this is beth what do you want uh hey beth it's it's us it's us who's us it's annie and ari and Ned and Nick, it's Nick. This is Nick. I'm Nick. Yeah, hey, this is Annie. But you knew that. Oh, the kids, right? Um, what What's wrong? Are you in trouble? Not anymore. Uh, well, at least well, we did just, find some stuff. We were in trouble. We may be in trouble. We're safe now. My point is that we're safe now. But we did get chased out of the club. But we found the missing girl's head. Yes. Along with other heads. All right. And don't, they actually devoured don't. people. What, what what happened? Okay. Don't, don't, don't say another word. I'm on my way to wherever you are. Where are you, by the way? The coffee shop where you met us. Okay. I'm, I'm not too far away. Just, just hang tight. Don't just, yeah. Don't, don't blab about this in public. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, for sure. All right. So she abruptly hangs up. Are we actually at the coffee shop right now, or did you pick that because it was a, uh, it was a safe space to say we were meeting? I thought we were at the coffee shop. I may have misremembered time and space. Yeah, I believe okay. I believe you did uh, regroup there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I was like, I think that was that was definitely the intent. If we didn't actually make it last game, but it's not hard to skip ahead the two extra drive minutes. <laughs> yeah. Totally. For sure. Great. All right, so uh, you spend about uh, 20 minutes sort of nervously waiting. You know, maybe Annie orders another coffee. Um, For sure. Yeah, and um, and then, you know, presently you see Beth walking in, uh, you know, looking much the way you remember <laughs> uh, in her sort of, you know, urban warrior tactical <laughs> fatigues, you know, and... Uh, cropped hair and, and just looking looking like a badass basically and she spots you uh, quickly and then you know makes a beeline to your table has a seat okay so without getting into any gruesome details considering the surroundings um, what was this club so <laughs> that's the uh, the the cue for the uh, the flashback montage so uh Andrew, do you want to do you want to take it or? Uh, so we went to cl- the uh, club formerly known as Zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what it's called now. Was it Club E? 
It was just uh, formerly Club Zombie. Yeah, it was a right. uh, uh, abandoned or well, not bad, abandoned, but you know, shut down. Uh, Out of so commission. He, yes. So the former, the club formerly known as Zombie, uh, and we uh, went inside. We kind of kept an eye looking for sign. We went there because there was a big Halloween party hosted by the two sisters. Um. And there we were thinking that we would see um, the vampire there that we had been looking for. Um, I think we found a different one. Um, we were wondering if you would see the um, uh, a revived version of Mistress Black. All right, Mistress Black. And then, but we otherwise um, thought we had, I'd been warned about an international vampire coming and there was a vampire at the end with an accent. But before we overheard him, uh, uh, Ned was offered drugs. Uh, Ned did not take said drugs, despite the fact that it was a very cute girl offering them. Um, and then we went down into the VIP lounge, which had a terrible, sickening smell. And behind, behind the bar, we found a dog-eared medical book with lots of notes in it and a Grey's Anatomy book. And more importantly, we found the head inside a preserved container, formaldehyde or something, um, with the head of the missing girl from our class. Is that right? Got it. Woohoo! And then on the way out, everyone's treating really sick, including the girl who gave the drugs. Because it turns out the drugs were poisonous. And uh, we took the girl and ran and escaped, dropped her off to the hospital, and here we are. Flashback. And presumably you, uh, you know, provide some uh, somewhat sanitized uh, version of that tale mm -hmm. uh, for Beth. Is there anything you don't want to tell her? I guess. Uh, nothing. I can't think of anything that Annie would not want to disclose because I think ultimately this shows a lot of courage and was pretty badass. Yeah. Same. All right. So, uh, yeah, Beth listens attentively, nods at a few points, you know, like, oh, okay. Looks a little um, surprised or concerned um, at other points. And, uh, and she says, what, what kind of drug was this? I mean, have you, could you describe it? Didn't we have a sample? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you still have them? So next. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, so, <laughs> so yes, out comes the packets, and uh, Beth takes it and um, you know examines it as, as best she can in the in the dim light of the coffee shop, and flips it over. You know, she says, um, "Mind if I take one of these?" Like, well, but they're poisonous. You shouldn't take one. I, I just think mean, she means bring what bring one with her. Yes, that's oh. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I have uh, I have some folks who could um, run an analysis of this, and um, so she um, actually withdraws a uh, like a surgical glove from one of the you know pockets on her uh, cargo pants, and. Uh, you know, pulls it on and then extracts a pill from the um, from the little baggie and uh, drops it into one of the pockets on her vest. And zips it up. 
Never can be too careful, kids. Don't take strange drugs off the street. It's, so, Beth, I mean, what do we do now? Do, do, do we go back? Do we go back? Do you think they're going to move everything? I mean, they chased us out. Do you think they're going to like sanitize the place? We should probably get over there right away. Can you, can you get all the big guns? Let's do it. Let's do it. It's a fair bet that something has happened already. Um, nevertheless, uh, you're on the right track, Annie. Um, we do want to send someone over there just in case. Um, and uh, I think we've reached the point of the conversation here where uh, being in public is a liability. So why don't you all come with me? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm gay. Yeah. All right. Um, so Ned looks um, a little nervous at all this. And uh, and he says, um, you know, if y'all don't mind, I'm, I think I'd just rather go by the hospital and see how Raven is doing. Raven being the cute girl who you all dropped off. Don't tell yes. her anything, Ned. Don't tell her anything. Yeah, sure, Ned. Whatever. <laughs> and so you part ways as uh, Beth walks the rest of you down the street to where she's parked her, you know, beat up pickup truck. Um, and, um, you know, it's it's like a older model, like 1970s uh, Ford. So it's got one of these like giant cabs, you know, so you can all kind of slide in and it's a little tight, but you can you can all fit into the front, the front bench. And uh, and as you do so, you notice that um, the exterior of the truck belies its uh, rather um, upscale interior. Um it's uh, obvious she's put a lot of work into the, um, you know, the, the wiring, as it were. Um, uh, you know, not only is there a, a more modern radio and, and tape deck, but uh, also there's like a CB radio unit and a police scanner and, um, you know, a, a, a kind of uh, aftermarket um, uh, dashboard readout you know with like digital displays of the um, um, vital statistics of the truck you know um, and uh, when she turns the keys to to fire it up the engine sounds good you know it's got a got a good throaty rumble to it um, this is not this is not an old beater truck as it might appear from the outside cool right Pat thanks all right. Uh, if you don't mind, we're just going to drive and talk. Okay. Makes sense. You're the driver, so, like, you know, if it's not going to distract you, go for it. <laughs> okay. So, as she pulls out onto Colorado Boulevard, merges into the traffic. Um, what's your theory? You, uh, you think you're dealing with a vampire. Yeah, it seemed like they gave them that poison stuff to make everyone throw up blood, right? Weren't they yeah, all throwing I, up blood? Yeah, they were all throwing up blood. So, like, you know, I mean, I guess vampires have fangs and they, they don't really need to throw up blood, right? Because, like, they can just drink blood. Now I'm wondering if they're vampires. There's, it was weird. Definitely, like, they were throwing up blood and they collected heads. So I'm going to go with 
something maybe vampires, but now that I think about it, I'm not so sure it is vampires. <laughs> but the vampire did tell us that we should go there, didn't they? Yes, and, and that we would find the, the the true culprit, who is also a vampire and is international. And we did hear that kind of French inflected voice right as everything was going down. Uh, I'm sorry, did you say a vampire told you to go there? Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't tell you that part. So we talked to the vampire um, that was in our friend's, our friend's abandoned house. And he was an elder vampire or something and really powerful. And uh, he let us out. Um, but uh, I did a tarot reading that was really effective. And in that reading, um, he basically revealed that um, the actual bad guy here is actually the other vampire. And he just wanted to be left alone. So, um, <laughs> as you're talking, you can see Beth's hands tightening on the, on the steering wheel. And, uh, she, she says, I really thought you kids were smarter than this. Honestly. Uh, are you sure this was a vampire you talked to? Well, I mean, it was inhabiting the house and it blocked out all the windows um, and listening in the basement could manipulate shadows and turn into rats. So what else would it be? No, that, that does sound like a vampire. This was at the house you were talking about. This was the, the house your friend used to live in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we better go, go there straight away. What do you all think? He's not causing any harm right now. I think we need to go lock down the evidence in the club. I mean, how are you locked down the evidence unless we more? Uh, unless she, unless, do you have more friends than you're letting on? Because like five of us are going to lock us, lock it down. And he, like, we we barely got out of there with our lives. Well, that's why I was saying we need to bring out the whole team now, right? Beth? like, where's the team? <sighs> Half the team's uh, six feet under, but I can put a call out. Um, Nick, you're right. Uh, that site should be observed first before anyone goes in. Uh, however, I think we can handle this other situation. Um, it might be a handy learning experience. I'll show you all how to. I mean, he sounded about like he was pretty old. Are you, are you sure we can take him? This feels ex. Mm. If he's just doing his thing. I'm not saying we shouldn't necessarily do it. I am wondering if he ends up with three snacks. We don't know how to do. No offense to all the cool shit we just did. That was a lot of running. It was a lot of looking and a lot of running. That's not taking on something powerful. That's very different. Well, and to be fair, about like this, this vampire in the house, like, because, sorry, quick character question. Yeah. Nico, you and Ned disclosed the weird illusory effects, right? Yes. So the nanny at that point would say, well, so, you know, in the house, like when Ned and Ari were trying to escape, they uh, like they, they couldn't like they the world was kind of changing around them and the door vanished. And like, so this guy has got like some a lot of different powers, whereas the other one in the club didn't use any powers on us or anything in the chaos. So I don't know. I 
I, I feel like I, there's a lot going on with the one in the house, but nothing immediately. So, well, it sounds like you've done a pretty good job of recon. That's always the first step. We it, you, we never want to go in blind, but we have some ideas of what this uh, what this particular thing can do. You'll find that um, most vampires, most supernatural entities, for that matter, they have different different ways of manifesting their powers. Uh, some can manipulate darkness, like you say. Um, others can manipulate your emotions or uh, even get into your mind, mess with your memories, make you question what's real, what's not real. If all we have to deal with is some shadows and rats, we count ourselves lucky. And Beth, why, why, why do you not want to do the club right now? Like, shouldn't we go uh, stick it out? You're very fixated on getting to the club now, Annie. What's up? Well, because we actually found evidence about what's happening to our classmates. Like, isn't that what we're trying to do? Yeah, but there's like 13 dudes there between us and now. Like, I get that she's calling our friends, but like, until the friends get here, we can't go through them. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we should at least be watching or something. I mean, what if we can get some cool photos of them taking stuff out of the club? And they're going to do it tonight, right? Before the, the sun comes up? Presumably. Although, uh, maybe it wouldn't surprise you to know that there are mortal and um, quasi-mortal uh, turncoats who serve bloodsuckers. They'll get That's them to do bad. their. They'll get them to do their dirty work during the day. And yeah, it's pretty messed up. My philosophy is: a vampire in the hand is worth two in the club. And um, we know there's one at this house. We can take him out right now. Why not do it? Because we don't want to die. Well, that's always a risk. But that's the other piece of uh, this line of work, is you can only learn by doing. Ari, do me a favor and uh, reach behind the the uh, bench seat there. There's a little, little storage area. You'll find a duffel bag. Pull that out for me. He does. He's just like, I imagine it's if it's if it's got like vampire hunting supplies, I imagine it takes a second because he's not the strongest kid. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yep. And yeah, sure enough, like, you know, it is heavy and there's like a lot of clinking of like metal and wood uh, coming from inside. You can you can tell it's full of all kinds of stuff, you know. And uh, she says, go ahead and uh, unzip that sucker. There's the briefest pause just because there's this like, what the fuck am I getting myself into? But like, <laughs> if his friends are doing it, he's going to do it. He's going to stick with them. He can't not. So he zips it open. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so, yeah, so what you were looking at is a duffel bag. It's got about a dozen uh, wooden dowels that have been sharpened into points on a lathe. Um, it has uh, a couple hammers. It has um, something that is clearly a, pro a small propane tank uh, affixed to like a longer brass rod um, that ends with a, a, a nozzle and a Zippo lighter duct tape to the end. Um, there is, uh, something that looks kind of like a gun, except, um, it doesn't have a barrel. It just has like a handle and trigger mechanism and like some weird kind of superstructure on it. 
And uh, and there's also like a full on bear trap, although not armed. Uh, so where is everyone sitting? Like, am I who's sitting? Am I capable of seeing these things and like picking them up and like going like, oh my god, cool. Oh yeah, you're all you're all scrunched in on this bench seat here. So uh, probably Annie's next to Beth, and then uh, yeah, Nick and and Ari. Uh, oh, I'm absolutely know. taking the with the the handmade looking flamethrower. I, I actually so as it happens, I put down as my new aspiration jury rig a hunting tool. No, oh, sure, uh, okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, so he's he's like he's like looking at it and like you, you can see him beautiful minding inspiration in his head. Yeah, so Beth glances over and she says, uh, pretty cool, huh? Oh my God. Did you make this? I did. Yeah. Not all of us can throw fireballs from our hands. So, you know, most of us mere mortals need, uh, tools like that. Can you teach me to make tools like this? Absolutely. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is so cool. Child of engineers, everybody. <laughs> that's right <laughs> all right so um yeah so she you know uh encourages all of you you know it's like yeah feel free to to root around in there i mean you've got your stakes uh oh that thing the the uh, that little uh trigger mechanism that you can load a stake into that um and then it's it's got a little pneumatic uh air pressure in it so it'll just punch something right into the old corpse's chest right there you know of course it only really works if they're immobilized not not really good for uh your more dynamic situations let's say hey beth how can you tell you said there are mortals who serve vampires like how do you tell if someone's like serving at one hmm that's the tough part you really just have to go off of observation um yeah they um they'll trade um their service for um i guess what we would call uh, unholy gifts from the vampires um they drink the vampire's blood and it gives them strength it gives them um kind of a, a pale imitation of the vampire's powers. You can actually tell the ones who have been serving for a long time just by observe, you know, just by doing some research, uh, you know, <laughs> if, um, if the same uh, butler, let's say, uh, has been working at a particular estate for 50 years and hasn't apparently aged at all that entire time, that's a good indication. So it's like a Renfield scenario. Well, exactly. That, that's what I call them myself. I call them Renfields. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 pretty fascinating, actually. The interactions between um, us mortals and and the vampire uh, biology, for lack of a better word. Um, you can pull a lot of interesting effects out of the blood and the flesh of a vampire uh, if you know what you're doing. Like, but that's so kind of uh, that's a little advanced <laughs> for beginners such as yourselves. 
Tonight, we're just going to focus on the basics. Now, remember what I told you. A stake through the heart will immobilize the vampire. It will not destroy it. For that, you need to behead it or set it on fire. And how do you avoid being affected by its powers? Well, you don't. Um, That's where luck plays a big role uh, and watching each other's back. Um, The good news is that most of the time you'll find a vampire can really only have an effect on one person at a time. Uh, You know, so if, if, if one person goes down, uh, their teammates can be there on the spot and uh, protect them and uh, mitigate the vampire's uh, effects, let's just say. So does that mean that this is a really powerful one since it was affecting our friends in the next room the same time it was talking with me? There's a good chance of that. Now, um, you'll notice that that effect was not harmful to anybody. It was merely used to keep you in the house. And um, that gives me some reason for hope, some reason to believe that uh, we should be fine. So, does, David, is she actually driving to the house while we're having this conversation? Yeah. Annie's, Annie's really torn about this. It's not just an issue of safety. It's also that the fact that the vampire let them go last time, she feels a little indebted to him, not mm. for any mystical reasons, but or, you know, just you know, maybe he wasn't as bad as the other one. He just slaughtered a hundred people in the club. So <laughs> she's that's why I think she's she's holding back a little bit on this. Mm-hmm. So at one point she'll kind of glance back and look at Nick and kind of give him like the, you know, are we really going to do this kind of look? Yeah, kind of give him like a, a helpless shrug. Like he's 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 going to keep kind of a helpless shrug. Like on the one hand, he's really enamored with all his tools. On the other hand, like we're not driving the car, so I don't know how much choice we have. <laughs> Been sort of kidnapped, as it turns out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we, we have we very much have kind of like axed. We we, we I, whatever second thoughts we may be having, we're kind of committed now. We got in the car and told her told her where a vampire was at this point it's like well when we get there if we want to duck we can just walk home i guess yeah <laughs> true okay so um so yeah it's really not that much of a drive um up into the former patterson residence the foothills and um and so uh yeah you know you uh you're driving up that familiar street uh, Beth pulls the the truck over a few houses down from the actual um, property, kills the engine, and uh, looks over at you all. Her face sort of half illuminated by the nearby streetlight, and um, she says, um, "Well, it's now or never, kids. If you want to come with me, there's really no going back." You can walk away right now. I won't think any less of you. So Annie will look back at, at her two compatriots and kind of like, uh, what do you think? <laughs> I feel like we either get out and commit with her or we're walking away from everything. You know? Like, if we walk away, we're walking away from all of it. 
not just like this isn't like something we can pick and choose from we either are in and over out and we're basically deciding for ned because he's not here <laughs> <laughs> ned uh we took a vote three <laughs> to one <laughs> And sorry, Ned, you, you missed the bonding moment, so you're now, uh, you know, out of the group. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see what we'll see what the uh, bonds Ned can forge with Raven. R- Raven is the Yoko of our world. Oh, no. <laughs> now that's unfair uh, to Yoko. <laughs> I think while they're doing this, there's definitely a look over and just if we leave, are you going to do this anyway? Oh yeah. I mean, if it's gonna happen anyway, what's the harm in at least learning how to defend ourselves? Other than again, not wanting to die, which I'm not keen on. I just want to put that out there. Still super not keen on that. But we know shit's out there. We know that it's killing our friends. We know we need to defend ourselves, and this is this is gonna be our best chance to learn. All right, let's do it then. That's what I like to hear. So, um, my playlist. How, how do we? How, how do we? How do we go about doing this? Like, so, so, player Andrew wants to have a moment to do the adrenaline rush and gets you know souped up. Yeah, absolutely. So she actually um, takes a moment. She says, uh, "I'm going to call in that club zombie thing." Um, bunch you kids step out and uh, just uh, take a moment, limber up, maybe do some stretches, uh, and I'll join you in a second. All right. Adrenaline rush, I assume. Yep. Okay. okay. So we pull that up. <laughs> yes, let us all remind ourselves. Okay, so we've got a primary actor who needs, ideally needs presence plus expression. And then um, if you're doing, if you're pumping up, the secondaries will write, will roll resolve plus empathy. Okay, I've got presence plus expression of five. I have a Chris? presence plus expression of four. I have a presence and expression of four. Okay. All right. So Annie will lead. Okay. And so secondary resolves. Oh, or empathy. Uh, I love yeah, resolve plus empathy. Yeah, resolve plus empathy. Yeah, that's a much better dice pool for me. Great. Uh, yeah, resolve plus empathy is the one for me. So, okay, so we got all right, great. Ari succeeded. Resolve plus empathy. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, that is two successes. Great. All right, so plus two to Annie's pool. Okay. No whammies. Don't curse it. Uh, let's see. <laughs> and um, I will spend. Let's see. So I've got I've got some willpower. I'm going to spend. You can't. You're, you you know you can't spend extra willpower on a tactic. You have to risk a willpower just to initiate the tactic. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So I'm risking willpower then. Okay, cool. All right. And so plus two. Zero successes. Oh, wow. no. Okay. 
Let's see here. Um, I could roll on a seven. All right. Well, that makes sense, you know, because you are you're this is the real deal, you know, this is the big show. So um your nerves get the better of you. And uh you know the adrenaline the adrenaline is too much it's it's not it's not going to fuel you it's going to um it's going to um overwhelm you basically and uh so it says here you will all be suffering from the insane tilt uh for the remainder of the scene oh. so let's see what insane means for us here it's a fun one no. Uh, I think it's in the actual. It's in the core book. It doesn't. Oh, it is actually. in the core book. You're right. That's yeah. interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. A World of Darkness slash Chronicles of Darkness book referencing a thing that's not in the book or having a terrible index. <laughs> I've never I've heard never of heard. such a thing. No, my goodness. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Get that open here. All right. Uh, Meanwhile, while you're doing all this, you know, uh, Beth is on her CB radio um, looking, you know, appropriately or yes, uh, you know, adequately um, uh, cloak and dagger ish, you know, sort of covering her mouth as she's talking, you know. All right. Insane. There we go. All right, so effect gaining plus one bonus to all combat rolls, but take actions after everyone else. Um, or if two characters suffer from the insane tilt, both act after everyone else, but compare initiative as normal. Character suffering from this tilt cannot spend willpower in combat and suffers a minus three penalty to all social rolls. Sorry, could you repeat that? Sorry. <laughs> Right. So you're going to get a plus one bonus to all your combat rolls. You're going to take your actions after everyone else who's not insane. Uh, and you cannot spend willpower in combat. And you suffer a minus three penalty to all social rolls. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you cannot end the tilt before the scene ends. And to end the tilt, you have to roll resolve plus composure. Contested by a dice pool, 10 minus your willpower. And yep. Okay. All right. So Beth uh, gets out of the truck and she looks all of you <laughs> staring at her with your wild eyes. <laughs> and um, we're like breathing heavily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, right. Let's do it. You ready? Uh, you ready? You ready, buddies? <laughs> She says, yeah. uh, maybe I better take the flamethrower. All right. So she makes sure you all have uh, two stakes a piece and, uh, and a, a little mallet for each one of you. And, uh, and she says, uh, I'll use the flamethrower to fend it off if it comes, comes in too close. Um, hopefully we can get the drop on it, though. And um, yeah, we'll just see. We'll see what's to be seen. All right, let's do it. Let's do it now before we lose our nerve. <laughs> uh, what What are the stats for these weapons we've been handed? Ah, yes. Excellent question. So let's go over staking. 
steak and potatoes real quick here. Uh, let's see. So, mm, there we go. Equipment. Okay. All right. So your average run of the mill steak has zero damage, zero initiative, minus four strength. So steak, zero damage, zero initiative, minus four, minus four strength. Minus four strength. Oh, I'm furthermore, it's, it's the minus one to, or the penalties to hit the heart. Yes, correct. So it says to pierce the heart, uh, a stake must target it specifically, minus three to attack rolls, and must deal at least five damage in one attack. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. So they're just like, factoring that in. It's very nice of them to do that. Yeah, okay. I was about to say, like, that doesn't sound like anything. They'll sound like, oh, because it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right, so you all start uh, walking up towards the Patterson house. Um, I I love that I can clearly tell how bad an idea this is now, but because we, we worked ourselves into a crazed frenzy. Like, I'm, I'm looking at the math, I'm thinking, I'm like, I, I can't even, because I can't spend willpower, this is dumb. <laughs> I'm this absolutely going to get killed. Not, uh, yeah, you guys aren't that swole. <laughs> no. <laughs> Our school yeah, guys in the hospital. The, even with a chance die. <laughs> Our, Our swole guys currently having a soap opera moment sitting next to the, <laughs> the hospital bed, you know. <laughs> All right. So, um, well, yeah. So you walk up this uh, the concrete driveway and, and you can see the house coming into view nary a light on of course um so beth uh, uh produces a couple like tactical flashlights you know and and um she she uh you know holds on to one and and offers the other one to one of you who wants to take it i don't know who wants to be the torchbearer i'll take them i'll yeah that's fine I, I just want to acknowledge outside of the game that um, you know it's nighttime still, and Beth is taking us into face the vampire at night, um, yep. and we're all too crazy right now to address it. Yep. Okay. This is a terrible idea, and I only I out of character realized that Beth is actually very bad at vampire hunting. Well, she's not a great mentor. <laughs> that's for damn sure. Yeah, but, but we must obey the dramatic failure. Follow through on this terrible plan. <laughs> I know the outcome for a failed adrenaline uh, rush or whatever is uh, the same for whether it's a failure or dramatic failure, which is pretty funny. Oh, I love that's the great thing about tactics is that yeah. high risk, high reward, super high risk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, um, so yeah. So you're you're walking up towards the house. So so she's saying. Um, She's saying like, uh, so you, you kids are pretty familiar with the out with the um, floor plan of this house, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Back of my hand. Yeah, all right. Minori's still live here. We know it well. Good, good. So, uh, what do you what do you say through the front door, around the back? Is there some place you think we could approach this from that uh, that it wouldn't expect? Well, it, it's in the basement bedroom where all the windows are boarded up. Should we go through the windows? 
I like your style. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, let's let's approach it that way. Lead the way, Annie. Okay. So Annie will take uh, will lead the group down around the side of the house, and and once you once they round the corner, uh, she'll point toward where the bedroom is. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone shines a light that way, she'll be like, "What are you doing?" So, you know, just as a, as a refresher, it's, you know, down the side of the house that sort of faces, um, faces the valley. So there's, uh, you know, a bunch of, um, brush and, and, uh, overgrown undergrowth and, um, and then, yeah, maybe about five yards from the, from the side, that side of the house, it's just like a drop down to the next sort of terrace as it were you can see the top of the roof of the the house below i I just had a really good idea now bear with me on this but what if we just burn the whole house down (laughs) no one's in it except for the vampire there's all this brush right here what if we just torch the you know do a ring of fire around it and let the fire the vampire burn up using a flamethrower Yes, we could just take the flames there and run around the house and just put flames everywhere. The only time you want to do something like that is if they're situated in an area where the fire couldn't possibly spread to cause harm to innocent lives. Never forget why we're doing this. We're doing this to protect everyone here, all of our neighbors and our families and our loved ones. We don't want to burn down anybody else's house just for the sake of one bloodsucker when there's plenty of other ways to take him out. Okay. All right. What I'm hearing is so. backup plan. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's a good idea, Ari. Yeah, backup plan. So if we if backup we need plan. to flee, we, we burn down the neighborhood. Yes. Yes. She just shakes her head. She clearly thinks you're not being serious. All right, let's move. Okay, so um, is Beth is leading the way, so I'll follow Beth, stake in hand. Mm-hmm. All right. And, um, right, so you all uh, move down the side of the house, and you can see that, that bedroom window. Um, and, um, you know, Beth's uh, lit the, the Zippo, so there's a little flickering flame that's visible in the darkness. Uh, but otherwise, the the window is just kind of reflecting the the moonlight and the ambient light of the city, which you can see spread out in front of you like a blanket of jewels. Oh. And uh, and now you're all standing at the window. Do the windows open out? Do they open up? What and are the is, yeah, are the so. boards on the outside or the inside? So uh, boards are on the inside. A window would open up. All right, so Annie will signal for um, Ari, because Nick has the flashlight, to help with the other side of the window, and maybe we could each on on either side of the window push it up at the same time very quietly, and then Beth can then go gorilla warrior and you know jump through it and bash down the boards. All right, uh, sounds good. So the I'd say. Um, in order to open the window uh, quietly, we'd want a um, dexterity plus uh, stealth roll. 
and um, you know whoever has the lower pool can just roll to help to assist. Okay. Um, Ari, I've got a pool of four for dexterity stealth. Think you're going to be? Excuse me. Oh man. Uh, no, I have five. I have one one more installed. I think. Okay. So I'm down to. I'm down to primary. You assist, or do you want to? Yeah, if, you can go ahead and do primary. I'm going to send a win of willpower as well because why not? Yeah. Can't spend it in combat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so plus three. I got one success. Boy, I'm not rolling well tonight. Hmm. All right. Should I? One second. Yeah. There we go. Um, should I? No, just in case there's other non-combat stuff that. Yeah, so that's one from you. Oh. Okay. One success. Well, you know. It's a success. It's a success. You didn't need anything more than that. So uh, there's there's a, a sort of chilling moment where it feels like you know you got the you got the window up about two inches and then it and then it kind of sticks and you know and then you sort of push on it and you're not sure if it's going to squeak or not but then it you know kind of gives a little jolt and then it keeps going up without any squeaking and uh, and then yeah leaves about you know three feet of clearance for Beth so. She's got the combat boots, the steel-toed boots, so she is going to kick those boards. And she looks at the two, you know, she looks at all three of you, and and she says, "Um, once I kick these boards, that's it. The alarm is sounded. We all got to go in. Nick, I'm counting on you. As soon as I kick these boards in, I want you through that window. I'll be right after you. Got it. Oh, and just like I'm glowing. Oh my god, the the, the badass vampire hunter is counting on me. Oh my god! I can't, I can't disappoint her because I'm a teenager and these things matter to me. All right, so let's see how she'll spend a point of willpower as well. Oh, look at that! Five successes. My goodness. All right, so she she kicks the boards and um, and it turns out that like. There was like a, a cross beam that had been nailed down across all the horizontal boards. And so she kicks it in such a way that it just knocks the entire unit off of the, <laughs> the window frame, right? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So it just goes flying in. And, and then she turns to Nick, she's like, go. I think I'm doing what I think is like the cool, like, hold, hold the flashlight in one hand, stake in the other, like, it's literally what I've seen from movies. It is absolutely a hundred percent what I've seen in movies. All right. Let me just give our friendly neighborhood vampire a chance to see what maybe he has detected going on on the other side of his window up until this point. Okay. So he did not beat the stealth successes. So I'm going to say you do uh, get the drop on him. So, uh, so yeah, so you dive in through the window and you, you land in the middle of, for the first time you actually see, uh, Amy's bedroom because it's not, you know, swathed in, um, you know, supernatural darkness. Um, of course, obviously, uh, there's no furniture in here to speak of. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, right in the, right in the middle of the room, you see 
this figure sort of crouching um and um he looks up at you and yeah he's just wearing like dirty uh <laughs> dirty jeans and a and a hoodie with um with the hood sort of pulled up over his head uh but it's you know you can still see plenty of that face and um it is it is hideous it it, it looks like this um uh, mummified zombie is maybe the the phrase that pops into your head um you know just just corpse gray skin and a sunken nose and um but then also his eyes are not human they they look like rat eyes um they're they're beady and they're red and uh, like like supernaturally red preternaturally red um and uh any he, and he hisses at you in a very rat-like fashion and you, you can see his two incisors are long rat-like fangs um so nevertheless uh you go last in combat so <laughs> um so yeah so you you uh, land and you kind of stare at him dumbly and then before you know it he is just right up on you basically what is your defense please my defense is plus uh four my defense is four do i just say minus four on the input value that should do the trick okay i guess that worked oh no it only ruled wait a minute let's just make sure it did the math correctly yes yes it did that's fine all right so rolled four dice didn't get any successes okay cool all right. All right. Oh, so so yes. <laughs> so it's he he, he puts his, his claws on your shoulders. Uh but um but yeah, uh, otherwise, you know, you sort of recoil sufficiently, you know, that he's he's not able to kind of get to grips with you. And then uh Beth is going to uh spray the fire uh the, the uh, makeshift flamethrower uh down into the room, even though you're standing right there. Oh, Guys, I get the feeling that Beth doesn't care about child endangerment. <laughs> you are correct. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure we recognize that fact quite yet, though. <laughs> correct. No. <laughs> Agreed. I think there have been many signs up until now, but, but our characters have not gotten them. No. No. <laughs> All right. So, oh, let me, let me see how this. Um, let's see here. Speaking of flamethrowers. Um uh, okay. Let's see. Civilian flamethrower. Max damage four. Okay. All right. Okie dokie. Oh, and incendiary, of course. Yes. Uh inflict the inferno tilt, regardless of whether they deal any initial damage to the target. Fun. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. Oh, and I'll get his defense as well. Okay. Ooh, that's good defense. All right. No surprise there. All right. So, uh, so yeah, there's this little gout of flame that goes into the room, and uh, we're going to get an inferno out of that, but uh, otherwise, nothing. However, um he does recoil from this uh hissing most vampirically um so it does at least have that effect all right so um now all of you insane kids can can act uh, should we roll for initiative 
Yes, please. Yeah, amongst the three of us, yeah. Uh, initiative of six. And I had. Wait, why did that not work? I guess it rolled two. Just roll separately. Also six. <laughs> or wait, actually, I so I should double check what I roll. Actually, rolled. I got an eight. Oh, okay. All right, Annie. What are we doing? Well, um, Annie um, saw the vampire, but mm-hmm. then saw the room fill with flames as Beth is flamethrowing. So I think Annie is going to like grab the flamethrower in Beth's hands and be like, "What are you doing?" Mm. So I think I think Annie um, being insane right now and seeing her friend in danger um, is going to grapple Beth for control over the flamethrower. Okay. I, I wanted to say how much I love that because it's a completely different flavor of terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Let's wrestle for this lit flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's, it. I like how you squared that circle of how do I represent this character caring for her friend while also showing that she's making terrible decisions. <laughs> yep, that's that's what I was going for. Uh, so what is, what is Beth's defense? All right, Beth's defense is... Three. Okay. And Patrick, uh, game rules question, and, or, and uh, actually Nico as well. Can you all out attack on a grapple? It's just normal attack, right? Uh, I'm sorry. Oh. Can you all out attack on a grapple? Uh, yeah, and when initiating a grapple, I think you could, right? Because it's subject to defense. So I was about to say, I don't, I, I can't recall ever seeing any time that said that you couldn't. I, I, hang on, I literally have the, the rule book open in front of me so you know yeah my I'm, cheat, I'm in the same my, my cheat sheet here just says plus two with brawl or weaponry so if grapples yeah. a form of brawl I, I don't see why not for sure but yeah, okay. yeah. Um, like I can't think of normally if there's not an exclusion I, I have the I have the language in front of me perfect all out attack make an unarmed or melee attack with a two dice bonus right and you there lose your defense for the rest of the turn I'm gonna go for that so okay. Um, that means that uh, my dice pool would be two after his deterrence. And I got nothing. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Yeah. So you you make a grab for it. And, you know, she's like, what are you doing? Get, get, get off of me, idiot. Okay. All right. And then we've got Nick and Ari acting at the same time. Of course, Ari's on the outside. Nick's on the inside. Patrick, uh, if you would like to go first. Oh, wait, thank you. Uh, so we, I just, I, I, we have established, according to my sheet in front of me, that Nick does have a lighter. Not because he smokes, but because he thinks it's cool. I remember uh, that well, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I've got a crazy idea to try and lean into that jury rig thing. He is so impressed with this. We're, we're in, um, is there like a bathroom nearby? Does this have like a bathroom on it attached to it? Ooh. Let's check the thing. I believe it it is nearby. Yes, um, yes. It's uh, it would be to your right. I'm gonna go into the bathroom when I saw how it reacted from the flames, and I'm mm. gonna see if I can find like on the offhand chance that there is like a leftover can of hairspray or something that got left behind when they moved. <laughs> 
Well, yes, especially considering that Amy moved out circa 1990 uh, when hairspray was, you know, the hairspray industry was at its uh, all time high. Um, I'd say vampires dared not cross the hairspray industry in 1990. That's right. Big hairspray. Um, so yeah, I, I would say you can spend a, a you know, around, uh, poking under the sink and you will find some Aquanets in the back. Hell yes. I'm getting two aspirations with this one move. <laughs> Get something to defend myself with. Nice. All right. So Nick is booking it into the bathroom. All right. And, uh, what about Ari? I'm looking in. My one friend is tackling Beth. The other one's ducking into the bathroom to see if we can make this flame even bigger. Yes. Vampire is recoiling. Does it look like he's doing anything else or just? Yeah. Let me give, let me see what he is going to do here in response to that exposure to the fire. Um, okay. Okay. So he's going to need three successes to overcome his fear of that fire. Okay. And let's see. What are we rolling? Resolve plus composure, of course. Okay. All right. Here we go. Composure and resolve. Okay. And uh, I will... Let's see. When was the last time you saw him? You saw him yesterday. All right. I will spend a point of willpower on this. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So he only temporarily recoiled. <laughs> so, so it looks like he's recovering pretty quick. Yeah. So he's he's sort of like his his head is like swiveling, you know, like he's looking at, at Nick as Nick runs away. And then he looks back up at at uh, at the window. So you're like looking right at him, basically. So, with rat eyes. Just to be clear, like he's. He now has control over himself. That doesn't necessarily mean he won't run. It just means that he chooses to run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. He's, he's not going to irrationally do something, you know. And for our listeners at home, that was nine successes on that. That was nine successes. Nine. Yes. Yes. Fucking rip. Cool. Okay. And, is- oh, and just quickly with the Inferno tilt, since Beth has now lit the basement on fire, uh, all characters... I would say in the room, suffer a minus two to all rolls due to smoke and heat. After two <laughs> turns, any character that breathes also suffers two bashing per turn due to smoke inhalation. Uh, hey, after, I breathe. After, <laughs> after, yeah, after three turns, the character also suffers one lethal per turn from burns and must succeed on a dexterity plus stamina roll each turn to avoid catching fire. Okay. And then you can end the tilt by putting out the fire, basically. All right. Wow. That's <laughs> I like how she like gave you this moral uh lecture on, you know, not endangering people unnecessarily and now that's all she's doing. Like immediately too. Didn't even try the steak method. No hesitation. Yeah. Absolutely. And and didn't even try the hey, let me light the room on fire first and then we'll try to stake it. But get in there and now I'm gonna light the room on fire. So yeah. <laughs> there there will be a discussion hey. about this afterwards. <laughs> hey guys, do we wanna do we wanna find a different hunter mentor, maybe? <laughs> um, <Yes>, please. <laughs> no, but uh I think 
I think the best bet then is Ari is going to climb into the room. Oh, is that smart? No, it's not smart, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, he's going to climb into the room. I think he's going to try. Oh, God. I was going to say, what's the bigger threat, the vampire or the flamethrower? But frankly, the flamethrower. Uh, he's going to try to save. Like, he's going to try to see if he can, like, yank the hose out of it, essentially. Mm. Oh, so now we got two people going after the flamethrower. Yeah, that's what's actually hurting us right now. Uh, and like, frankly, if the vampire is scared and we have a lighter and hair, potentially hairspray, not you, that you I know that part know, of the plan. You don't know that. Oh, no, I know. Meta knowledge of knowing that is fine. But also, like, frankly, right now, the bigger threat is the wildly out of control flame. And by wildly out of control, I mean, Beth probably could have it under control if we weren't also attacking her, but this is also fine. Well, I mean, no, actually, I don't know if she could. It's, it, once the flame has started, there's really no controlling it. True. That's it's fair. already on fire. Yeah, she could cut off the, if she releases the trigger, it cuts off the fuel. And it's still on fire, is my understanding <laughs> of how it works. Like, you can yeah, it just says it, it inflicts the inferno tilt, so the, the tilt oh, has been inflicted. True. Yeah. That is fair. If it infli inflicts it on the scene. Now, wait. Mm. Not that it matters, actually. If it inflicts it on the scene, it inflicts it on the scene. I just was like, inflicts it on what, though? On the flamethrower itself or on the... But... Let's the... See. It'd be what? Strength and something? Or dex and something? Probably strength to, to try to... To, to try to get away. to, like... Yeah, wrestle uh, either mean, wrestle the flamethrower away or to like or just probably grab. To get her in a grapple. Yeah. Well, it's let's. I'm not trying necessarily to grab her. I'm trying to yank a fuel line. I mean, it's still pretty yeah, hard. Yeah, the about it. It's hard, yeah. but it's not. I, I don't know that the grapple rules make as much sense for that. I mean, I, it could be. I think there are two ways you could approach it, or three ways. So one is, of course, through the grapple system. One would be to do like an attack on the weapon itself. So maybe it probably doesn't have a high structure, right? So you could probably just do an attack on it. The but other option, if you wanted a skill roll, would be like a dexterity crafts, maybe. Yeah, but I have to mm, imagine or, you're you're looking at a penalty because it's it's like a called shot. You're going after a much smaller yeah. target. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think an attack on the weapon makes the most sense for what Ari's trying to do. Because again, yeah, it's not like that, he's trying to. Right. Yeah, he's not like trying to grab and hold onto it. He's trying to to either hit or yank. So probably, what would the attack roll for that be? Strength and brawl. Mm hmm. It's fair. Hell yeah, chance die, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. And oh I boy. can't spend willpower. A dramatic failure trying to knock a flamethrower out of somebody's hands. Did you include the plus one from Insane? Because this is a combat roll. Well, yeah. But I have. We just rolled a 10, people. I have no oh. brawl. So I would have. I would be rolling one dice okay. regardless. Uh, so taking away the chance aspect of it then would be the, the only major difference. Okay. That ain't nothing. Oh, yeah. That ain't nothing because well, now you get a, a 10 again. Correct. Let me. Oh God. Let me. That's an easy. Unless it already. Can, unless it already did it. It didn't because chance can't explode. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but I can do this, and that'll just be another one. 
Right. No. No. Alas, just the one. Good remembering on the plus one, though. Yeah. <laughs> might, might as well get some benefit out of being insane, right? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So you got the one success. Very good. Um, and yeah, I'd say it's because Beth is 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 fending, trying to fend off uh, Annie. She doesn't get to apply her defense against your attempt. And so, yeah, basically you just sort of swat at the at the um, at the flamethrower and, and you just you, you catch it in such a way that it, it, you know, her already weakened grip is it knocks it out and it just kind of goes spinning off into the uh, dry Southern California underbrush. Oh no! Hell <laughs> hey, yes. everyone, guess what? It's the round, round, round one isn't even done yet. We're already on plan B. Oh, <laughs> the only thing oh, worse than causing a wildfire in a residential area with the gender reveal party is causing it while vampire hunting. I guess so. No, no, the gender reveal party is worse. Yeah, agreed. That's <laughs> all right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. At least, at least, vampire hunting has a. Um, has a point. All right. So uh, so that happened, and now we are on to round two. So, um, so Beth watches this happen, and 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 she just um, she 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 reaches uh, she reaches through a belt, and for like a weird moment, you think she's about to like pull a gun on you and and start shooting, but instead she pulls out that that stake bolt uh, gun. And uh, and then and then uh, is turning towards the window. Meanwhile, our uh, vampire friend Alonzo is going to run for the window. Uh, so I'm going to give them initiative rolls since they are acting first, and we'll just see who acts first. Okay. And good luck, Beth, beating that. No. Okay. So uh, so yeah. So Alonzo uh, runs. Runs to the window and and with one smooth motion he's up and he's out, and um, let's see. I think. Well, hmm. There's an interesting thing that could occur here, because normally his self preservation be taking over, and you know he's just looking to escape. But um, but actually, I think he's going to try and grab Annie. So let me give him that and that. And what is Annie's defense? It is two. All right. But I gave up my defense when I did the all-out attack. And you did the all-out attack. Action. Oh, but that was last last round. Yeah, but I think reset? it lasts for until your next turn. It lasts till you act. Okay. Yeah. So right. I have a defense of zero. That would be zero. Okay. All right, three successes. Okay, so he grabs you uh, and and puts, um, but weirdly enough, he puts himself between you and Beth. Aw, he has a type, and uh, and um, and so he's just he's just kind of like uh, he's getting ready to stare her down. She's going to try and whack him with this uh, stake bolt though first. And let's see. So that is going to be her dexterity plus. Uh, oops. Okay. Oh, I rolled 
Beth's dice pool instead of his. Oh, well. Still got three successes. All right. Anyway. Let's see here. The old stake bolt is... I think it's... Uh, oh, it's melee. Okay, it's weaponry. Okay, cool. Dexterity plus weaponry, and we'll go ahead do that. And okay, all right. Still managed two successes. Up? Not bad. All right, and then let's see. All right. Unfortunately, that is not going to be enough to uh, puncture the heart. So, uh, so yeah. So she raises the stake bolt, fires the stake, uh, embeds itself in his chest, but um, it's just off center from uh, from the heart. So he takes some damage there, and yeah. All right. All right, y'all. You are up. We can do initiatives and so forth. Do you want to scroll initiative again? Or are we going to keep the same order? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yep. We're going to stick with the same order. So, uh, Annie, you're up first. So, you said he grabs me. Does he just move me and then let me go? Or is he, like, holding me behind him as he faces Beth? He's got, like, one hand on you. And um, and he's kind of holding holding you know your upper arm, and even though his his arm is like twisted behind him in a very awkward angle, uh, you can still feel like it's a pretty strong grip. You might be able to shake it free, but uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I have the informed condition for vampires right now. Um, so, and what that means is that if I, a rule fails, it's considered to have a single success. And if it succeeds, it's considered to have an exceptional success. So I feel like the dramatic choice here is that, um, well, first of all, can I use that on an attack roll? Sure. All right. So I think in this dramatic moment, even though he's protecting her, she's suffering the insane tilt. So she is going to... Um, have a freak out and she's going to grab her stake and try to spin and stake him from behind. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, actually, even better. Because this is even more dramatic. So he's holding me kind of, well, though he is actually trying to hold me from like beat back behind him, right? At a weird mm-hmm. angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to, I was going to say maybe I could like reach around and try to, because I have that hammer in one hand, right? Try to actually mm-hmm. like, hammer in her stake but it's in the wrong mm. space anyway so yeah so i'll try to get him from behind and i'm going to burn the informed condition um okay. i am going to go all out attack again because it's when he has me so not mm-hmm. uh so i'm going to go all out attack um uh so this is okay so brawl or sorry not brawl weaponry uh plus strength which is way a chance die um, I'm going to do all at attack, which, and then I've got, so I'm adding three total. What is, this is a defense apply here. I'd say no, his back's to you okay. and, uh, he's not expecting you to do this. So, but I'm still the minus four after all of that. So that's still just, it's still a chance to die either way. Okay. 
Zero successes. Okay, so I'm going to burn the, uh, as I mentioned, I'm burning the informed condition. Um, and so that is going to make that a single success, which is not going to be enough to affect his heart. But at least I do do a little damage to him. So he's now got two stakes driven into him, poor guy. All right. And uh, yeah, he's like, ah. all right. Uh, so Nick, you have grabbed your bottle of Aquanets and um, come charging back out into the room, which is now, you know, flickering with fire and filling with smoke. Uh, what do you want to do? I mean, if I don't see the vampire and I see them outside, I'm, I'm, I assume I'm spending my entire turn getting out, getting out of this inferno. I guess the question would be, do you want to run through the room towards the window or, you, you know, you know where the stairs are going up. Um, they're just right. Oh, up. that's right. I do. Yeah. Since you were snooping. You know what? It does make more sense to take the stairs because there's probably less smoke and flame. So it's, you know, significantly I, less. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll take the stairs. All right. And I'm, and... I'm hoping it like I'm my entire double my move speed. Get me out of here. Right. <laughs> Flat out. All right. And Ari. Uh, so yeah, uh, you're kind of standing next to Beth. Uh, there's some flames starting to rise up in the undergrowth. Uh, the vampire is sort of holding Annie behind him. It's a complicated situation. What do you want to do? Uh, I am going to, cause I am, it's that panic moment when you see fire, right? Mm. The, it's the, if you see a fire in the oven, don't open the door. But like, you forget <laughs> about that when you see a fire in the oven yeah, uh, yeah, situation. So there's definitely this like, a little bit of the stamping, like the like, ah, 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 get it out, get it out, get it out. <laughs> and then I think he's going to pick up the flamethrower and not necessarily turn it off because I don't think he knows how. Like, I... It's a flamethrower and it's a jury rigged flamethrower. It's not the most intuitive thing in the world. So I get the feeling that he's going to he's going to try to pick it up and point it generally where it's not going to hurt any person. And maybe that catches something on fire and hopefully it doesn't. Um, but I think he's going to probably spend most of his turn trying to either turn it off or get it in some sort of state where it is no longer spitting out fire so that if nothing else, it becomes something that they can use against the vampire if they super need to, and at very least doesn't burn them all to the crisp. To the crisp? To a crisp. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. So um, that takes us to round three, and our vampire friend is going first. So he uh, he turns around, Annie, and he's looking... <laughs> right at you uh face to face so you get that full that full effect right there and um his eyes his eyes are kind of searching you know like as if as if he wants something from you that he knows you cannot give him and he simply simply says uh, a weird word Maybe a word you've never heard before. He just says, Eulalia. And uh, and then he um, spontaneously explodes into a pack of rats. Let me just make sure I don't need to roll anything for that. <laughs> nope. Just need to spend the willpower. Okay. So, yep. Uh, 
you know, a dozen or more rats uh, are suddenly, you know, scurrying around on the ground and scattering every which way. And, uh, and Beth screams an oath into the night. <laughs> Uh, both of the stakes just like kind of drop to the ground, you know, you know, and, um, and then, yeah, Nick comes like running around the corner with his, you know, lighter in one hand and the, um, Aquanet in the other hand and, and, uh, Ari picked up the, uh, the other flamethrower and, and, uh, you know, you're starting to stamp out the, the bits of the undergrowth that did light up. So you'd be able to get Get a handle on that. Um, there's now smoke pouring out of the window. And uh, Beth just goes uh, stamping off down the, the walk back towards the uh, the driveway. Annie, at this point, um, still perhaps a little insane, is going to run up and grab, kind of grab her from behind and try to turn her around and be like, what the hell was that? You said you didn't want to hurt innocent people. Um, and you, you know, tell him to go in. You start filling the room with fire. What's wrong with you? No wonder everyone's dead who works with you. All right. So she spins around and her face is like twisted with rage. And um, it seems for a moment like she's <clears throat> going to strike you. And then she just kind of like <laughs> gives you one of those. Turns around again, starts walking. She's like, don't call me again. Dumbass kids. Dumbass adults. <laughs> I, I think rule of comedy would dictate that I run around exactly as she is driving <laughs> off, having no idea what happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's going on? Where did Beth go? <laughs> so Annie's insane, so she's not thinking like herself right now. And she runs up and she just throws her arms around. Uh, Nick and is like, oh my god, thank god you're okay. Oh yeah, no, super easy to get out of there. What's going on? <laughs> Where's the vampire? Turned into a bunch of rats and Beth is storming off because she's mad that she almost burned us to death. And let's oh, leave her on fire after she said she wouldn't. Oh, is that where that fire came from? I thought the vampire had fire powers. No, she used the flamethrower. Like After immediately. Go in. I had no idea. I thought vampires might have had firepower. I'm not mad at you. I'm fucking tired of her. Wait, 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 wait. She's trying to fight her at me? Yeah. Well, I mean, at the room. After she told you you had to go in first. How messed up is that? Exactly. And all this talk about, you know, we need to protect innocent lives. We should have burnt down the house in the beginning, like I said, without any of us in it. And at this point, I think Annie looks back to see the house is already on fire. You know what we should do? We should leave right now and walk back to the coffee shop to get my car and also to not be by this house when the fire department comes. Yes. Yes. That sounds like a good plan. Let's do that. Yes, and we can figure everything out else after we have successfully done that. Annie, and and uh, are, at this point, do I think to end the insane tilt, we have to kind of take active action to do so, right? 
Right. Uh, so you can't you can't end it before the scene's over. So I think the scene's over. Okay. So now you have to like, um, yeah, I think the walk back, you know, it's going to be like an hour long walk. So that's plenty of time to sort of try and cool down, I think, you know, certainly. Yeah. And sure. I believe it was a resolve plus composure role to. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think. Uh, do you think it would be appropriate for Annie at that point, right before they leave, to glance back and make sure they're not leaving any implicating evidence behind? Like, uh, yeah, if you can, if you can make that role. So it's resolve plus composure, and you need. Um, oh, it's contested. So ten minus each person's willpower. Now it looks like Ari got zero, so I don't need to roll that. Yeah. Uh, Hey, <laughs> but uh, um, is it current willpower? I think just your stat. No stat. Okay, so five. So it would be so minus uh, result plus composure minus five. I know it's uh, contested. Contested. So I'm going to roll five. Oh, contested. I gotcha. Yeah. So I got zero successes on that. So all you, all you need is one. Zero <laughs> roll. Should we, all right. the tie, so should we re roll? Yeah. Uh, two for me this time. Zero. Okay. Okay. So still insane. I'm still not recovered. Yep. All right. So not not um you know composed enough to uh to look for for anything being left behind. Unfortunately. Given it's contested, do you want to still roll? Because if you get zero and I get zero, oh that's a, a that's, that's a good yeah. point. So what is uh what is Ari's uh four four? Okay. So I do not have a lot of willpower. Okay. <laughs> We are teenagers. Hell yeah. Uh, well, that's a 10 again, at least, I guess. A 10, yeah, does a 10 again apply me. to a contested role? I don't know. I think it does. Uh, yes, it does. It does. Okay. Okay. Pause for one moment while my desktop goes crazy. Okay. All right. Uh, nope, just the one success. Still okay. good. My turn. Yep. Uh, my willpower is four. Looks like we are looking at a two, two successes. Who says zero? Zero. That's a zero. All right. So everyone is still understandably very addled. Um, even once you reach uh, the coffee shop, the E bar. And um, yeah. So. Uh, you know, doesn't prevent you from trying to uh, regroup, but, um, you know, no doubt you're <laughs> with your minus three to social roles. Uh, you're very rude to the wait staff. <laughs> so, uh, jittery cup of coffee. What's the next move? Like, we still got something to try. Do you, do you think we should call that? He's up, you know, the other hunter we know? <laughs> yeah yeah uncle uncle yeah let's 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 call uncle kurt what time uh, is it? we should call Wait. uncle like some they're they're probably about to close honestly right it's, oh. it's probably someone we'll call him tomorrow yeah because <laughs> yeah, also yeah, we we'll, should we'll, probably we'll, be home and our parents are suspicious <laughs> yeah I, I probably believe it or not don't need any more caffeine at this point so um <laughs> yeah it, um yeah let, let's let's we'll call tomorrow we'll get some rest and um, I'd say um, maybe like leave your windows shades. So, I don't know. What if the vampire comes looking for us? We need to figure this out tomorrow because he knows who I am. Yes. Catholic. Was she raised in mm -hmm. 
I mean, yeah, but her parents are, are not, they're like Christmas and Easter Catholics, not like hardcore yeah. Catholics. Hmm. I'm wondering if we could do a roll to see if that, that word that he used might have some meaning to you. Oh yeah, probably. Um, I mean, I've got three in academics. Uh, okay. And my father is a community college professor, so I think there's a good shot that I let's go with. Uh, yeah, intelligence plus uh, academics. Then, yeah. And one success. Okay. So, um, yeah, like you know, it it kind of turns around in your in your mind, uh, you know, and eventually something something burbles up. There, there were a couple like martyrs or saints named Eulalia. Um, it's a very unusual name nowadays, obviously, but um, but yeah, it is it is a a name with some maybe like religious importance. And it's so, can you spell it? Eulalia. Yes, it's it's E U L A L I A, and they were both okay. uh, Spanish martyrs. It's also the war cry of the badgers and the hares in the Red Roll series. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Super nerdy geek cuff. It's the Celtic <laughs> word. To be clear, it's the Celtic word for victory, apparently. Oh, okay. All right. So um, so yeah, so you all make it make it back home um, one way or another. And uh, presumably, you know, Nick takes you around and um get to bed it was a saturday night so you know uh your parents aren't gonna be too too uh down on you getting home a little after midnight but um but yeah does everyone follow annie's advice and uh bolt your your windows and your doors oh hell yes hundred <laughs> percent also I, i'm 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 debating like the insane tilt versus making a breaking point roll. I kind of feel like the insane tilt would, would sort of override breaking point. I, mean, I could see that. Like we're, we're so thoroughly outside of our right minds that, mm-hmm. that we, <laughs> that the oddness of what we see at time just doesn't even really track with us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. So at least, you know, you got that going for you. Save, saved you a break. I, I think Annie's also going to put a line of salt in front of her window, not knowing if salt will matter for vampires, but why not? And, why not? and yeah. probably she'll do garlic salt, a line of garlic salt along her window. <laughs> nice. All right. So, um, so yeah, what's, what's the plan then uh, getting up in the morning? It's Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, uh, it's a bit tricky because the plan would be to contact Ned, uh, but he's not here right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ned's Ned not is here, strangely man. in the background. Yes, exactly. Um, I mean, I, I think we'd probably like try to make plans to get together again and figure out what our next move is, I would imagine. So, like, do Did, would anyone's family be gone to church this morning? Maybe absolutely. we want to gather at that house. I was about to say, yeah, my parents are atheists, so they're absolutely at home. But no, Ari for sure, yeah. Ari yeah, no. yes. Ari probably explicitly, when we meet up on Sundays, has to be like, okay, but it has to be after, like, after 1230. 
if it's before then I can't I can't do it um and like there might be the off chance that he can slip away early from like church duties like he goes here's the problem I grew up Mormon where church was three hours long and I'm like I could slip away after first hour and I recognize most churches aren't quite that long service wise but um, probably could slip away partway through, um, fake some sort of emergency or, or be like, you know, I'm not feeling super great. Mm. Yeah. My stomach hurts. I, I really just want to stay home and rest and might be able to slip, to slip that. Your church was Eastern Orthodox, right? Yes. Oh, one to two hours. Okay. So probably like, probably like things just get rolling about, ha- about halfway through or half, uh, like half an hour in is just kind of like. I need to go home. I'm not feeling super great. Kind of tries to play that with that, that card with his parents to try to get to the house, to let everybody in, sneak them up to the room, be like, okay, we meet. Perfect. So before Annie leaves, Annie wants to go onto her new age AOL chat room, um, which is her mentor and basically just post a question for them to respond to. So she can Mm. circle back later. The Mm. question is why would a vampire utter Ulalia? Mm. I'm going to. Did Andy? Did you tell me about what she, what the vampire whisper to you as well, or did you keep it to um, yourself? I don't know if in the weird state she would have mentioned it last night, but she'll certainly share it today with me. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah, y'all meet up at the uh, at uh, Ari's house. So um, I'd like to call Uncle Kurt, so I will brought his number so we can call him together. Oh, and by the way, I, I wanted to offer you all the arson tactic after last night. <laughs> that makes total sense. And I say yes. Okay. <laughs> so we can we can go over I, that uh, I next will time it applies. Absolutely be building us some uh some some flamethrowers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Uh so just make a note of that. And um and so, yeah, so you you dial up the number and and uh, quickly realize that this is uh, Kurt's uh, work phone and it's a Sunday. So, you know, you, it, it rings and rings and rings. Oh, shoot. White pages. Yep. Yeah. Do you have the white pages? Probably. I feel like that's a reasonable thing to have around the house. I remember having it around the house and I definitely... Totally. Our family didn't need it. We were much later, uh, or at least by the time I remembered it. Yeah. So, yeah. In '94, we have the white pages. My first job yeah. was delivering yellow pages, uh, and that was in '96. So yeah. Yeah, and they lasted for a hot second because I remember them. I remember having them as a household when I was in elementary school. So at very least, they went. They spanned through the '90s and into like the mid aughts. Oh yeah, definitely. So definitely, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I imagine I've got one lying around. I'll flip through and see if I can find. Like we have his full name. You do. Um, so you know, in LA, um, it's such a huge uh, area to cover. Obviously, you don't have just one set of uh, white, white and yellow pages. Oftentimes, right? And um, and so you've got your Pasadena. Uh, combined white and yellow pages, which is even then the size of like one of your like history textbooks, you know, and uh, 
<laughs> and so you find approximately, um, uh, you know, 14 Patterson comma K. Uh, there's like three Kurtz and two Ks and then, uh, you know, other, you know, Catherine's and, and so forth. But yeah, you can narrow down the, the K Patterson's to the three Kurtz and the two K Patterson's at least. Do we think he's paranoid enough to not use his first name and just use an initial? Totally. I mean, he's a detective, and that's an easier thing to figure out. We call the Kate Patterson's first and ask if we can speak to Kurt. If they say yes, then we ask if it's Uncle Kurt. Perfect. All right. So um, so you dial up both Kate Patterson's and, um, and, and, you know, uh, one of them goes to an answering machine, but it is a, uh, a woman's voice, and she, you know, says, "Hi, I've reached Christine Patterson. Please leave a message." And I don't know if you want to or not. And the other one is, uh, you know, person does answer, and when you ask for Kurt, they say, uh, uh, "There's no one here by that name. You got the wrong number." Okay. All right. So then we'll start working our way down the three listed Kurts. All right. And, this is the um, true horror world of darkness, by the way. I have social anxiety, so this is absolutely the most terrifying thought process to me. <laughs> call, calling random strangers. He goes, this is how it used to be. <laughs> the dark ages. And, and, it, and it, it was just as bad as you might imagine. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so you spend 15 minutes uh, making phone calls, and by the end of it, uh, none of them has yielded the Uncle Kurt that you are looking for. Wow. Uh, I mean, unless anyone else has a smart idea, I think we'll have to wait and talk to him on Monday. I mean, I don't have any ideas that would get us his number fast enough that it would make sense just to do it on Monday, if, that make, if you follow me. Like, I think I could get his number. But like by the time I got his number, it'd be like tomorrow at eight, and like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think we could just show up and, and wait for him at work. Um, you know, as soon as the sun comes up, we could be waiting there, and you know, get him right when he gets there. Uh, do we know if his family was religious? Like, do we know if um, if any of them were religious? Because it's more likely. I thought we when 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 we turned up nothing, it was because like people were like, no, you got the wrong Kurt. Did I misunderstand that? That's correct. They're like, I, uncle, who, what, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. yeah. No, no. What I'm saying is it's possible that he's not, if it's possible, he's not in the white pages. If we know he's religious and we know what denomination, there's a lot of churches. But if we, if we knew what church his, um, his brother and our friend went to, it is I mean, more we, likely he went to that. church. I will point out. We don't know that he lives in Pasadena. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. So even if we do the denomination, we're, we're, we're hitting every of that denomination in Pasadena. In, well, no, in I, was, Los Angeles. I was thinking of narrowing it down to specifically if if his family was religious, it is likely they all went to the not just the same denomination, but the same physical church. Most families will go together, like fully together. So we could try that if we knew a specific church. But like that would be my last ditch like thought on that. Yeah, I don't know if I knew Kurt, uh, uh, Ken well enough to know if his family was religious or not. I, I, I would just say that you never heard of him going to church. There was never a time like with Ari where it was like, 
you know, yeah. I, I can, you know, like Sunday mornings are off limits. That was never a thing with him. And you never heard him talk about anything church related. Okay. So probably if, if yes, then not that we know of. So mm-hmm. yeah, that would, that would have been my last, my last final, like, okay, maybe, maybe we can go that right. If we really want to talk to him today, but after that, nah, it's better probably just to wait until tomorrow. Well, yeah. And in, in the meantime, um, so I, 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 before I left the house, I, I, I put a post in the, in my new age chat room to ask about this thing that the vampire said when it turned into the rats. Mm-hmm. And are you, you were putting this out to the chat room in or the chat in general, like for anybody to answer or. Yeah, so so my mentor, I have two dots a mentor, and it's a new age AOL chat room. So I posted in there so I could kind of come back to it later. So I'll ask Ari if I can log on to AOL at his house. Should be fine. We don't have anyone currently taking up taking up the line. So that's right. You're all good until they get home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Dial up. <laughs> yep. All right. So, um, so yeah, you know, you, you, you see a few, um, a few replies. Uh, most of them are like, no, sorry. Uh, a couple of them are like, that's beautiful. What does that mean? You know? And, um, and then like, yeah, there's like, um, uh, one person who, who's like, uh, says like, oh, I think I had like a distant aunt who was named Eulalia. And then, um, and then somebody else chimes in with with you know the same information that you uh remembered which is uh that the it's the name of uh some uh, venerated uh martyrs and um and yeah so they they just offer up uh you know they're both third century christians in the roman empire and um and the remains of Eulalia of Barcelona are said to lie beneath the cathedral there. In Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was crucified uh, on an X-shaped cross, and the other was uh, tortured and then um, burnt at the stake, suffocated from smoke inhalation, and uh, when she died, a dove flew out of her mouth. Well, I, I don't know if this Eulalia thing is going to go anywhere. Do you? What do you two think? It hit up my contacts. I don't know if they'd be that much more helpful. Um, I have to imagine he told you that for a reason. Like, you know, dude was under threat of being killed, right? Like, you stabbed twice fire was everywhere if he took the time to say it to you it's because he wanted you to know it yeah yeah do, do you think that i mean is do you think he was trying to connect us with someone do you think it's someone's name a name could be a code word could be a place is there a saint eulalia's church i'm gonna look up churches in the yellow pages Let's see. Is there a St. Eulalia's church? Well, uh, let's see if there's anything in the Los Angeles area. Mm, nope. Um, yeah, let me let me try my guys. I don't know. 
Couldn't hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right, so I'm gonna hit up my contacts and see if they got in for if they if you if you Lalia means anything to them aside from you know the saint. And I'm going to repeat all the knowledge they gave me as though I already knew it because I want the chat room to think I'm smart. Uh, the BBS to think I'm smarter than I actually am. <laughs> and this is like your conspiracy focused uh, BBS, right? Correct. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's basically no engagement, uh, with that. Um, obviously nobody, it's not ringing a bell for anybody. So, so what do we do now? Do we just wait, you know, find some place safe to wait until we can see uncle Kurt tomorrow? And I was going to go to my desk, use my desk workshop and build us flamethrowers, but like beyond that, I don't know, see a movie somewhere public. Feels weird to just do normal shit right now. Like that's probably totally. the best because, like, then we don't trip anyone else out. Then we, like, we go about our lives. We don't key off anyone. We do our best to avoid Beth. Yeah, fuck her. I'm still angry about last night. Yeah. Yeah. I get. All right. I guess we just have a normal Sunday. <laughs> what a concept. God, it, it feels, feels like, like a trap. No, it just feels like we've been <laughs> going for like weeks. It's only been like 24 hours. Wait, I, I just thought slightly more than that. Well, I mean, since like we things got really crazy with, at, the, at the club. That's, that's true. That's true. Like, because I feel like shit started getting crazy at the party. And that was like, that was a hot second ago. Things were scary yeah. at the party. I would argue things didn't really get life-threatening until then. That's true. <laughs> hey, so what What if we, you know, Beth, while we were waiting outside, I mean, she called her friends on the radio, but, you know, she's also being really secretive. I mean, do you, do you think that she, do you think she's working for them? No, I think she's a lunatic. I mean, like well, maybe. Couldn't she, couldn't she be both? <laughs> I mean, in the sense that she doesn't care and just tries to kill everything in front of her. My point is, no, I don't think she is. <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think she's unstable, whack job. And I don't think they would, like, hire an unstable, whack job. All right, well, should we go see a movie then, Ari? Because I think Nick is going to go play with fire. I have to stay home. I told my parents I was sick. Oh, that's right. If I suddenly disappear, they're going to tan my hide. I will mention for Annie that this past Friday on the 4th, the um, movie Kenneth Branagh's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein um, opened in theaters. (laughs) So... Well, Nick, will you come with me or are you, no, are you have to stay home even later because you're sick? Nick, do you want to go see Mary Shelley's and then play with fire? God damn it. Yes, I really do. <laughs> damn it, I'm in. And you know, so Annie I bet Ned to wants alone, to go so too. Ned, Ned yeah, wants yeah. to meet up too. So. <laughs> if Ned comes, Nick will quietly find a reason to leave off because he knows Annie wants some alone time with Ned uh, mm. after 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 Raven 
feeling like because any any has a crush on Ned, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, I mean, there there is an unspoken you know question mark between the two of them. I think. Then yeah, Nick 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 would like be like, oh, I, I, that's I'm sorry, I just remembered, I have to go feed my cat, and then would will give them the alone time that he thinks Annie wants. Yeah, I think right now Annie's most important thing is she just doesn't want to be alone. Yeah, I th- I think she's still pretty frazzled by everything that went down. And she still thinks the vampire is going to come back to her now. So shall we assume that your insane tilts have resolved at this point? You know, I think it's, yeah, yeah we had a good yeah. night's sleep. So who ended up with and that? On that note, uh, did we get a point of willpower back? You did. Back in, okay. Absolutely. Um, so who ended up with the yearbook that you found in the sepulcher? Uh, I think I had that last because you guys were dealing with driving and and Raven. Yeah, I and I was. I, I, that sounds right. I honest to God don't remember yeah. Uh, yeah. where we ended up leaving that. I think Ari. I think Ari ended up with it. Yeah. Okay, so Ari, you are uh, well. You're staying home anyway, so um, you can certainly you know spend some more time going over that. But uh, just as a reminder. Um, it was, uh, let's see. Okay, so it was a uh, class of 1990, Pasadena High School, and um, there was a Mistress Black fan club um, uh, bookmark tucked into it, and uh, the initials written on the inside were JB, and the bookmark was on the uh, page with the uh, valedictorian for the that year, a young woman named uh, Jody Barnett. And um, it mentioned she was going to be attending UCLA Medical School in the fall. Right. And I think I meant to pass that along, but then we went straight from Raven to Beth. Oh yeah, it was a hectic night. And if you think about it, it's Sunday, so I mean, it literally hasn't been 24 hours yet. Yeah, right. Absolutely. But um, yeah, I mean, apart from that, you know, if you page through the the yearbook um, later that day, you know, there doesn't seem to be anything unusual. Um, There aren't a lot of signatures uh, in the yearbook, you know, like for being the valedictorian, she obviously was not super popular. Um, or at least not super social or super social exactly or maybe not the sort to circulate her yearbook for signatures um the two uh, longest dedications are both like you know take up an entire page um one is signed uh patricia and the other one is signed ben um can I look through the the yearbook and see if I can find probably in her class, Patricia and Ben, like or her grade mm-hmm. rather? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, Pasadena High has a graduating class of a couple hundred. So um, there's you know quite a few. Well, I mean, not a huge amount, but you know, <laughs> a, a not insignificant number of, of Bens, Benjamins, Patricias, etc. Yeah. Um, 
but you know since you've got the whole day you know yeah um you do spot uh you know in another in another place in the yearbook you spot you know one of these like you know they send out the photographer to take some take some uh you know what they call those like casual shots you know like you know scenes around campus and that kind of thing and so there's there's one shot just like of the quad and sort of over on on one side of the of the frame uh hanging out um under a, a tree a eucalyptus tree you can see uh person you recognize is jody who's like very mousy you know kind of like uh just very very like washed out you know she has very light blonde hair and she's very pale and she has these like sort of you know prescription glasses from the sears um optometry shop you know and somewhat unfashionable and she's hanging out with the with this guy and a girl and um and so, uh, you know, you could maybe infer that that's your Patricia and Ben. The girl is, um, uh, you know, looks to be East Asian uh, heritage, um, very kind of like 90s goth, you know, with like the fishnets and the combat boots and the, um, you know, heavy eyeliner and, and um, uh, you know, extra uh, pancake makeup just for that extra pale effect. The guy looks uh, just as nerdy <clears throat> as Jody does. Um, he looks to be probably African-American um, and just sort of gawky, you know, sort of like genially dorky, you know, um, with uh, glasses and uh, not terribly fashionable either, although he is wearing a Bauhaus T-shirt. So I guess that gives him some street cred. So, um, were they in any clubs i guess would be the best word like is does it do they share like it feels dumb to be like were they in goth club together but like you know uh mock trial or right, um, right. or something that would link them to other people who might also look like they're in that kind of could be a goth could be a vampire could be a ghoul kind of spawn like group yeah that um alternative lifestyle yeah so you do find a picture of uh, of Jody and Ben uh, as as fellow members of the Key Club, um, and so his name is Benjamin Strickland. Um, of this uh, Patricia, you find no evidence of any club involvement on her part, but having now clocked her appearance, you're able to identify her in the graduation photos, and her name is Patricia Park. All right, cool. I'm gonna write all these down in like a little notebook. Um, not even like a little notebook. It's more just like a paper that I can fold and put like in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I know I can keep on me, so that when we all meet up, I have those names. So even if something happens to the yearbook, I'm like, okay, here are some people that are connected. Here's who the yearbook belonged to. Here's her buddies this might be a good way to start looking into the club stuff, even if we can't get a, another good lead on the vampire that's chilling at the house, or I guess nothing's chilling at the house anymore, but was. It's, the house isn't even chilling anymore. No, and, the house is dangerously hot. So I think that's, I think that, and I think that takes up most of his time is going through that, maybe flipping through some of the Grey's Anatomy stuff, but mm-hmm. mostly trying to get social leads on where they can 
where they can start looking next. All right. Sounds good. Um, and then for Nick, you want to build a flamethrower. Yes. Using, <laughs> using the crafting rules. Good. <laughs> um, I assume you have the skills to back this up. I have, well, so I have a dot in crafts um, and intelligence text. Um, I, I'm i probably going to buy a second. I may dot buy a second dot of crafts when I get my next experience. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've got a, I've got a one dot in crafts and uh, strength, intelligence, dexterity, and a computer nerd's access to 1994 internet. What could possibly go wrong? Great. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, yeah. Would this be a, a like a extended action kind of situation? What, how does the crafting rules work? Uh, so it's extended. Um, uh, the let me just see here. So um, they t- they are extended in the sense that this isn't like I don't build it in like three seconds. It's it's time, but it's only extended if there's if I'm either like if you either think this is like a really long term project, like I'll be picking it up and putting it down and fiddling with it for days, or if like there's a time limit. Is is the are the is the only time they become extended. Otherwise, it's an instant roll. Okay, great, excellent. And uh, yeah, I mean, as I as I uh, implied, um, even Beth's flamethrower was pretty pretty slapdash. So I think it's definitely something you could do in an afternoon. I, I'm including... trying. I am. I am very intent on doing a better job than she did. Right. So even including the, you know, uh, probably a couple times you have to drive over to Ace Hardware because the second time you have to get something you didn't realize you needed the first time and, yeah, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you're otherwise <laughs> out in the garage and there's the sound of like drills and um, soldering irons. Those what are you doing, sounds, son? But... Working on a project, Dad. <laughs> yeah, working on something from the Eagle Scout manual, Dad. <laughs> um, so... Uh, the the rules say that I get a, a penalty. Or my rules penalized by the proposed bonus to it, which in this case I'm going to say three because it's a homemade flamethrower. That's the damage. Well, it's max three. So, um, you know, um, I'm going to say, um, minus three. That would be a that'd be a one die roll for me unless I spent a willpower, which I will. Um, mm-hmm. Do I get any? Oh, no, no, it's, it's my tool. It's I'm using my dad's tool. Does do I get an equipment bonus because it's I'm in my dad's workshop and not like just jury rigging it in the street? Yeah, I, I give yourself a plus two. He's he's got one of those really nice you know rollout cabinet style toolkits. Yeah. So That's yeah, right. my parents are right. engineers. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, okay, yeah. So I just I roll. If if either the way it works is either way I build it, but if I fail, it either has the fragile or volatile conditions. Oh Lord Almighty! <laughs> okay. So there is no way I'm not getting a flamethrower out of this. It just might not be a good idea, flamethrower. All right. Uh, two successes. Great. You now have a flamethrower. <laughs> so, which means right. we'll be ready for our new uh, tactics, Sam. Yes, yes indeed. Pull it out. All 
Right. And uh, and Hunter does have rules for um, customizing equipment. So now you've built the flamethrower. So that. You can continue to to mess with it in order to give it like a a, a longer spray range or a wider, you know, nozzle spread, I guess. I don't know. I will increase the range and damage. So, yeah, Lord. All right. You shouldn't have given us the controlled immolation tactic if you didn't want me to build a flamethrower, sir. (laughs) This is entirely on you. (laughs) It's fine. Um. All right. So, other than that, is there anything we wanted to do before we get to Monday, and um, and we can take a short break before we do that? Um. Okay. No, I'm good. Okay. Let's take a little five minute break, and we'll uh, we'll get into Monday. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Okay. So, I guess the only other thing I would just mention about that Sunday is um is that uh there's much talk amongst the parents the adults uh particularly uh annie for you uh because uh you know word gets out that the patterson house quote unquote burned down um you know subsequently uh in in local paper turns out the whole thing didn't burn down of course you know but uh a good good part of it did <laughs> yeah go up in flames before they were able to extinguish it but uh fortunately they were able to prevent it from spreading to the surrounding brush and um uh yeah you know your your parents are talking a lot about you know being like a cursed house you know they can't be sold and now you know like yeah good luck to them selling it now you know that kind of thing so well i happen to know a, a nice vampire who is up to buy it yeah, make a great or without before the fire, <laughs> right? <laughs> Why buy when you can squat? But yeah, there's nothing in the there's nothing in the Sunday edition of the paper uh, indicating anything about you know police suspect arson or anything like that. So at least for now, it seems like you're okay. But otherwise, we are on to Monday. So. Um, when do so you want to really wants to like be waiting yeah. when the police station opens to you know intercept uncle kurt on the on the street like we're all sitting like on the planner out in front <laughs> oh so you want to ditch school yeah I was say. So, yeah yeah and he absolutely intends to ditch school okay all right well that is fine you can totally do that at your peril um so yeah are, so the, you, are the others up for that yeah Ooh, i don't know i think Nick's parents would like seal hall if they found out that he was playing hooky they're they're very academically focused i actually think he's scared to skip school how do you feel about it um i think right now not ambivalent because like I think it's a bad idea ambivalent because it's like ooh I don't know that I care to incur the wrath of my parents but also I don't know that I've done enough to be able to incur the wrath of my parents yet so like if we wanna we can which is the most helpful answer I know (laughs) okay Annie Annie is just feeling really is still pretty terrified so Annie absolutely wants to do this 
Um, Annie um, will also, uh, Annie's mother is a teacher. So Annie's mother goes into school on the early side, um, mm. a different school. Um, mm. But Annie also um, uh, thinks of herself as being a pretty good at like playing the, the people at the front desk. So Annie is going to call, um, uh, make a phone call if necessary to say that Annie, to pretend to be Annie's mother and to say that Annie's actually home, um, uh, homesick because of the stomach bug going around. Hmm. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get some manipulation plus subterfuge going here. Um, and Annie will, uh, spend a willpower on this. Three successes. Okay. All right. Well, good. You'll you'll have avoided a, a call home then. All right. All right. So, and then otherwise, Annie um, and Ari um, will be waiting out front, sitting on the planner, um, probably with coffees in hand, waiting to see Uncle Kurt walk in. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, sure enough, uh, you know, you make sure that you're you're down there bright and early, and um, and you're you're scanning around you know you see a lot of people streaming into the coroner's building it's a uh it's a brisk november morning um uh you know marine layers still sitting overhead casting everything under a pall of gray and um and up comes uncle kurt in his uh, cheap suit you know in his briefcase and uh and he kind of you know does a little double take as he as he walks up uh you know closer to you and he says uh, oh uh, annie and ari uh yeah you're a little late yeah i well what's going on is is it, is everything okay well if you if you consider uh, meeting a vampire, seeing a club slaughter, and um, otherwise being uh, stuck. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I, I, sorry, Ari just posted in the chat that our group's name is Nana. Yeah. Nana. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, anyway, so, uh, so Annie says, well, if you, if you consider meeting, meeting at least one vampire, getting... Uh, uh, witnessing a slaughter at a club and nearly burnt alive by your crazy friend that you warned us against. Yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> oh, the person I told you. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> well, you weren't going to show us how to hunt vampires, and then she did, and it almost got us killed. Yeah, well, that's what hunting vampires tends to do. It tends to get you killed. All right, come on, let's go into my office. All right, so um, I'll f- Annie will follow him in. All right, and um, I guess I- I'm going to share everything with Uncle Pert. Is there anything that we shouldn't share? I'm not. Not that I can think of. I'm probably going to also pull out my list of names. You, but you didn't bring the books, right? No, no, I'm not handing over the books. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, but. But knowing like hey, like when we were snooping around the club, like we figured out, like I found these names that were attached to like some shit in one of the rooms we found and they might be good leads. Like, I don't think I even mentioned that I found them in a yearbook, 
Okay. So um, anyway, so Annie will, um, you know, so we'll share the, Ari will share the names. Annie will describe what happened at the club. We'll describe meeting the vampire at the Patterson house. Um, and we'll describe, I mean, at this point, I think Annie trusts Uncle Kurt that he's not going to arrest them for arson. So she'll also say to talk about, you know, once once she shared this with Beth, crazy Beth, awful Beth, fuck Beth, um, that, uh, you know, she drove them out of the house and made them go in and gave them stakes and nearly got Nick killed. All right. So this conversation takes place in two in two parts because it is interrupted by you mentioning the um, the head in the jar. Obviously, as soon as you mention that, he stops you and he says, uh, I'm going to need you to come with me. I'm going to need you to show me exactly what you found. And so the second half of the conversation is in the squad car driving over to Hollywood. Um, right. Which is what Annie expected Beth to do. Fuck Beth. And and he 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 expresses a similar sentiment, um, especially when when you get to the part about yeah, Beth kind of like putting you all in harm's way. He's like, I I, I oh I'm so sorry, kids. I if, if if I'd known that she was capable of stooping to that level, I I would have I would have used even stronger language to warn you off of her. Uh, I guess they've just got her their claws in her even deeper than I thought. Jesus Christ. Oh, who's your, who, who's, who is they? No, nobody, nobody. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. She called someone, Uncle Kurt, from on the radio in her car. Made us all get out. So she's in yeah, with someone, she and and it's only safe if we know what's going on. So you need to tell us because you didn't tell us enough last time, and that's how we almost got killed. It's your fault. It is my fault. I accept full responsibility. But trust me when I tell you that if I told you anything more about who she called or why. Um, I would be putting you in even greater danger than you already are in. Well, I, I don't think it's going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of laughs to himself like, <laughs> you really have no idea. You have no idea. Um, meanwhile, at school, Nick and Ned are in attendance as usual in their usual uh, desks at their usual desks. I don't know if we've established your homeroom teacher or not. I don't, I don't think we've established who that is. Uh, no, she exists. This is like the teacher from Charlie Brown, just, you know, trombone uh, voice. Um, just the teacher. <laughs> that's right. Um, but we, we will give her a name uh, tonight. So um, I, I will be accepting suggestions if anyone has any. Uh, how about Miss Tonight? Miss Tonight. <laughs> Miss <laughs> pumpkins. Okay, I'm gonna keep drifting off of it, you know, so tonight tonight, smashing pumpkins. Nice. Uh, Corgan, Miss Corgan. Right. Miss Corgan. Corgan. There we go. Miss Corgan. Which of course does get a lot of uh, you know jokes, this being 1994 and all. Um totally. <laughs> you know, Sunday Billy. Um so but yeah, so she you know, she comes in, you know, goes through the usual routine, the roll call, the 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 daily announcements, all that stuff. And then she says, uh, well, class, I am very excited. We um, are going to actually be uh, breaking early to go to a school assembly. Um, uh, the principal informed us this morning uh, that we are hosting one of our most prestigious 
former students, one of my personal favorite former students, uh, star pupil, and um, um, just a, an all-around great gal. Uh, she was valedictorian a few years back. Her name's Jody Barnett, and she's coming in to just give a talk to all of you uh, soon-to-be graduating uh, seniors and juniors um, about uh you know, your futures and what you can look forward to in terms of uh, laying the groundwork for academic success and then success later in life, as as you will no doubt see from her uh, most impressive credentials. So you're in for a real treat. Kind of imagine this name means nothing to me. Love it. I had it written down with notes. I feel like we had all talked about it. Oh, that's Uh, true. You did talk about it in the car a little bit. We had started to. Yeah, we started to, but we had Raven in the car, and we cut. And I was driving, so I'm almost certain that I didn't. Okay. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Fair no, enough. it was. We started to talk about it. Realized we had Raven in the car. Couldn't talk about it then. And then after we dropped her off, was right about the time we were like, we should call Beth, and we were going to tell Beth as well, and then we didn't because vampire <laughs> hunting and flamethrowers. As it turns out. Okay. I love that actually. I I love that. uh, I love that twist. All right. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, in due course, you all uh, march down to the um, auditorium and which may or may not have its own name. I don't know. The Gladys Edwards auditorium. How did I know it had a name? Um, (laughs) And, um, you know, file in and, and yeah, it, it, it's like, um, you know, maybe, uh, gosh, like a fifth of the student body is in attendance. So, you know, 500 kids <laughs> in the auditorium. Um, but it's a, it's a really nice, you know, uh, nice joint for a, for a high school and they've got a, you know, a pretty high grade sound system and, uh, you know, they've got it set up for, for uh, a lecture presentation with the lectern and the microphone and everything and the principal standing up there and a few other faculty members. And so once everyone gets settled in, you know, he steps up and uh, gives some introductory remarks, you know, uh, you know, well, well, students, uh, you know, basically recapitulating what your homeroom teacher said, what Miss Corgan said. And uh, and then, you know, please uh, join me in welcoming back one of our most distinguished alumna, Jody. Uh, Barnett, and so out onto the stage strides a young woman. Now Nick has not, definitely not seen any photos of Jody from the yearbook, so he has nothing to compare that against. However, what you do see is somebody who looks weirdly like uh, Karen Anatos, aka Mistress Black, out of uh, stage costume, basically. Um, so she has long auburn hair, very pale skin with uh, ruby red lips and, you know, a plunging neckline uh, on her, uh, you know, sort of uh, sequined blouse that, you know, it's like, why would you wear that to a high school presentation? You know, a, a very form fitting pencil skirt, um, you know, and um, I mean, as a teenage boy, I quite confident that Nikki is all over this. 
<laughs> you're like now you've got my attention yes uh, <laughs> um so i've got a, a photo or a image there in the chat so um so yeah that's who that's who comes out and she uh you know assumes her place at the lectern and uh yeah just begins to give a talk on you know sort of college prep and um you know what it means to be successful in life and talks about her own aspirations and medical school and so forth so uh that is what is going on at school meanwhile we pull up outside uh or uncle kurt pulls up outside club zombie and uh you all get out and um you know a couple of squad cars you know he radioed for backup so they they're pulling up as well and uh and kurt looks at the two of you annie and, and ari and he says um are you comfortable coming in with me we've got four officers here we're all going to go in together is that okay yeah better than the alternative absolutely <laughs> all right so we'll just need you to lead the way once we're inside just show us where you found these remains you don't have to go down or go in with us but we just need you to point out where where to go okay so uh you know in you go and um you know from the outside the place looks much the way you remember it um it doesn't look noticeably different um it's not like someone set this place on fire or anything (laughs) um i see what you did there eh. but um but yeah as, as you uh as you enter um you know you can see that like it has been cleaned out to the extent that there's no signs of habitation um and in fact if you hadn't been here two nights or two days ago or a day and a half ago really um you would have never guessed that there was a rave here you know um so <clears throat> you know you can lead him however you'd like in terms of taking him to the to the uh, sepulcher so um i'll just make a you know once a it's clear to me, Annie, that the room has been completely sanitized. There's no blow on the ground. You know, there's nothing mm. else. Mm. Um, Annie's going to, you know, basically just make a beeline for the sepulchre. Okay. Do you want to go down with him or does he just want to point it out? Um, she wants to go down. Okay. Ari, are you going to come down? I'm going to come down. I'm going to linger in the doorway a little bit. Because I didn't actually see anything when we went down there last time, and I don't know that I'm too keen to see it now. But I'm going to go and like kind of linger by the door at least. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Once we get close to the door, Annie's going to brace herself for the smell. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> so what I'll need from all three of you, Nick included, is a wits plus composure roll, please. And two for Ari. And how about Nick, uh, for uh, Nick? Two. Two. Okay. Um, cool. So um, for Nick, it's um, this was a, a roll to see 
if uh, you know as you're watching uh, this this Jody character give her presentation, um, you notice that she is, uh, you know, I mean, she's doing the thing that all public speakers do, which is you know, sort of making contact, making eye contact with like different people in the audience, sort of moving her gaze around, sure. and and that includes you. You know, she's she's connected with you a couple times. You know. Um, what you're noticing though is that she's kind of focusing on just your your class's section of the audience. So like I mentioned, there's like 500 people in the audience. Your class of like 15 seems to be the only one she's really like moving her gaze around amongst. I I, I give nothing away. I just clock this mm-hmm. uh, exactly. piece of information. It is a piece of information. And okay, so for Annie, I'm going to say with four successes, uh, as you brace yourself for the smell and um, and Kurt uh, pushes open the door and you've told him, I'm sure, about the smell as well. So he's kind of got a, uh, he's like pulled out a little particle mask and he's just holding it over his face. Um, he pushes open the door and um, what strikes you immediately is is. Uh, the lack of of odor, but there is still some lingering scent of it on the air. Okay. It's it's subtle, but it's there. You're picking it up. Okay. For uh, Ari hanging back, which makes sense because you, you kind of torched your sinuses a little bit um, last time, if I recall. Um. You are, uh, yeah, just kind of hanging back, and you you look down and you see um, there is a um, a little uh, coin on the ground. Um, it doesn't look like U.S. denomination. It's um, it's like the size of a pog, and um, and oh, uh, oh yeah, and uh, it's it's cast from. Uh, maybe bronze, you would guess. And yeah, it looks like an ancient coin of some kind. Uh, I'm going to, I trust Uncle Kurt. I don't trust the cops. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to try to swipe it without anyone noticing. Okay. I'm not even going to have a role for that because yeah, everybody's attention, including the cops is focused on the door. So you're right. you're easily able to just sort of pretend like you're reaching down to adjust your sock or something, you know, and then just you know grab the coin. And uh, as you pick it up, you see that it actually looks like it's maybe a more recent minting. It doesn't look that ancient, uh, but it does have kind of like a very kind of Greco-Roman sort of feel to it because it's got this image of a um, a horned and bearded man with a laurel wreath. Um, on one side, and then you f- quickly flip it over and look on the other side, and it has a, a kitusis, you know, the double snakes and the winged staff. So, um, you know, quite unusual. Weird. I'm going to just pocket that, kind of make a mental note to tell Annie and the crew about it later, depending on when we get together. Probably Annie mm-hmm. first, and then tell Ned and Ned and Nick when we see them again. Okay. 
so uh annie you're right up there with uncle kurt and um yeah as you might have guessed from the the lack of of odor uh, the sepulcher has been cleared out okay so i'll do the classic movie where the kid you know says no i swear it was there so i'll be like <laughs> look it was down here and this is where you know this is, and so i'll kind of walk through what i had seen before and i see you can still smell it in the air right that like chemical smell it's mm. not as strong as it was but it's still there a little bit all right so so kurt and the cops are looking around you know and he's telling him, like you know fan out check every corner look everywhere uh we'll we'll get someone in here to dust uh you know as soon as we can and then he uh, he turns to you and he says i i know annie i believe you and i knew they were going to clear it out and that's why i told beth and we we, we tried to reach you the next morning but i you know only had your work number and you know i i told beth i'm like we need to go get over there now so we can get the evidence before it's all gone and she didn't although i don't know i think all of her friends may have taken it well we'll see we'll see what we can find here but um no you you did the right thing coming to me and um you have nothing nothing to fear uh from my end at least you know beth is unfortunately off on her own journey and i know you're smart enough not to try and get in touch with her again well you know i certainly i'm sure that you'll take care of us by keeping us in the loop on this of course anything that's important enough to share i will share it with you all right. I guess I better get your kids home. Yes. Can I make a wits and empathy roll to see if he, I mean, the simple answer, the simple question is, is he being truthful on this? But like, yeah, yeah. And I think anything beyond that is going to end up being determined by how many successes I get. But I want to see if he's, if he's bullshitting us on that. <laughs> yeah, go for it. That's not a willpower on that too. Fuck it. Jesus, what are my rules tonight? Yeah, well, ass success. So uh, you get a you get a good surface level read. Um, if anything, he just seems um, a, a little, um, you know, just a little sad. You know, like maybe uh, maybe feeling sad on your behalf, or sad that you know you're being subjected to this. Uh, but he does seem genuine in his offers to help. Oh, dope. Yeah. There's a little less suspicion on Ari's face than as, as he's saying that. <laughs> like, still not 100% he's going to loop us in on, like, all the important shit. Like, he'll loop us in on some shit, and that's important. Agreed. So Annie right. wants us that he doesn't take them back to school, but takes takes her home because she called out sick. Right. <laughs> And same for Ari, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that much less convincingly was just like, I'm sick. And if the office doesn't get a call, then it's like, well, my parents are very busy with me and the other kids. Who who, who could say why we forgot to call? <laughs> Do both your parents work? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like both the parents work and there's like multiple siblings in the house. So it's like, it's not a huge family, but it's definitely a decent sized family 
Right, right. So it's actually pretty easy for you to intercept the the robocall, you know, that goes out after school saying like, you know, Ari did not report on, you know, roll call today, you know. So, um, so yeah, no biggie. Um, okay. So we will, uh, we will wrap it up there for the week so that we can, we can bring Ned back in, uh, next time. Um, but we're going to leave off with a little, with a little, um, I don't know, a little teaser, a little cliffhanger, I guess, which is that, uh, that night, um, when you all, uh, go up into your rooms, whenever that may be, maybe it's straight after dinner. Maybe it's after watching some TV with the family, um, head into your rooms and each one of you and Ned as well, find a little, uh, envelope sitting on your pillow addressed to each of you individually, just your names. Well, my vice is impulsive, so you know it's sure as shit. I'm hoping that up. <laughs> Me too. Curiosity get to the better of all of you. Yeah, it's more more cautiously probably because I am not the impulsive one of the groups, but <laughs> definitely. But you can't just leave an envelope with a name just sitting there unopened. <laughs> Certainly, it remind. I once saw this. Um, short film that was a Lovecraft film it was a mm. short film and it's like son son read this if you read this burn it burn it immediately before going any further and then the voiceover starts going it all started when I was but then the, the actor actually throws it into the fire and goes back to his book um, <laughs> it's so funny but I'm just imagining like okay well no I'm just going to ignore this and go back to school yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and this is going straight in the trash yeah <laughs> All right. So each one of you uh, pulls out a, a single sheet of paper. They are identical. I will um, share it with you all. Uh, well, actually, let's see. Are we all in roll 20 or not? Oh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize. I frequently heard this all again. That's fine. Andrew, if you wouldn't mind reading that into the record. Uh, dear applicant, after an intensive review of your curriculum vitae, we regret to inform you that you have not been selected. This year's selection process has been the most competitive ever. 15 students applied, making the competition fierce and our task difficult. Unfortunately, we cannot select all the students at once. We are forced to be highly selective and we find you to be not as compelling as some of the others we reviewed. You should be honored to be considered as one of our choices. There will be future selection opportunities afforded you, so don't lose heart. Pleasant screams, exclamation point, XO, XO, Mistress Black. And the seal at the top is the University of California, uh, UCLA. Mm -hmm. And we'll just leave it at that. Great. Okay. So, um, let's go and see about those beats. I think we got some uh, aspirations, right? Definitely for yep. me. <laughs> yeah, I got both of my short term as well. I heard the vampire and I, I know I impressed Beth before the relationship soured. Well, <laughs> 
Yes, indeed. <laughs> I armed myself and built a hunting tool. Nice. Would this count as learning about what's he what learn what's giving me the heebie-jeebies? I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> and then. I would argue ditching school and doing uh, and ditching church while mm. not the healthiest attempt at it is definitely the the start of establishing a, an identity outside of both parents and societal expectations. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A little, little petty teenage rebellion there for sure. Great. And everyone gets a beat for the game session. And did we resolve any conditions? I resolved my uh, informed vampire condition. Yep. Okay. I still and... have a stoic condition, but I don't hmm. know. Well, because stoic won't resolve until someone is is trying to uh, to read my character's emotional or mental state. Hmm. Because I have to opt to fail a role to resist one of those things. Interesting. Okay. Well, if you remind me, I'm sure that Annie at some point, you know, frequently is kind of checking in with you. So if you remind me next time, I'll purposely do that. Dope. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird one in that, in that way. Mm. It does kind of either require the ST to be like making those calls or for other yeah for other players to be like hey how you doing buddy <laughs> right yeah <laughs> right which means you have to kind of be like uh does anyone want to try and figure out my current emotional state hello yeah well right, you know I'll try why to remember we do that it on well. the way yeah why don't you we try to do it the, on the drive back um because mm. we're probably gonna be sitting back in the back of the police car together so i could kind of do a quick like visual eye contact check in on you you could try to be stoic. Yeah. <laughs> if you're okay with. Yeah. Retconning. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And he's, he's definitely not okay. The answer <laughs> yeah. to that is uh, not okay is very like pushing it down. And so is acting mm. kind of more normal than he might uh, with, with a little bit of franticness for that temporary bout of insanity. But he, this well, has would been you, would you be okay with us doing that right now? So that way we can get the, the beat to Ari potentially? That's fine. Quick roll. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do wits plus empathy. Well, and I, I opt to fail it regardless. So, I mean, unless you roll a zero. Oh. Don't roll a zero. Don't curse it. No, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I cursed it. I'm telling you, bad rolls tonight. That was fine. Yeah. I got zero. Yeah. Oof. All right. Yeah. Well, so I guess you get the you, very. Uh, if I opt to fail, I guess you get the cursory version of that, which is just, yeah, he's 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 a bit shaken up by everything. Maybe not the full in depth version, but he's he's not doing great. Sure. <laughs> well, we'll try to resolve it next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alrighty. and uh, and also I think everyone can take a beat just for, um, you know, your first vampire hunts and everything. Oh, you know. hell yeah. 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 How kind of you. No, Take you. a beat because vampire. <laughs> because vampire. Because you're vampire hunters and you hunted a vampire. We are fearless vampire hunters. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, until next time, my hunters. <laughs>